0: Uh, Remember that one time the literal NCAA president said that he wanted to do away with the Big 12? Well, now they're actually taking steps that might just do it. This, Locked On Big 12.
1: You are Locked On Big 12,
0: your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network, your team every day
0: uh happy monday everybody welcome to locked on big 12 and locked on baylor cameron yes. stewart joining today because apparently the referee's mad or something a couple, couple clerical things first and foremost a lot of you have, have mentioned how you didn't expect to have a show so soon after groundhog day and i know we didn't give it as much homage as we should have but we're here uh felt felt the need that we, we still needed to work also like i you know it's a scary intro the whole like will the big 12 go away thing but remember the ncaa president said he wants to do away with the teams that don't make over 100 million dollars or more in athletic revenue yeah. that number might change, might even Uh grow. Uh, And now the SEC and the Big Ten said, you know what? Since that's the case, we can kind of create our own super conference that gets to do whatever it wants thanks to the NCAA president. Let's have some meetings about it. Um, so, from a Baylor perspective, or Texas Tech perspective, I like I like the Irate Eight perspective—the original eight Big Twelve yeah. teams—they've already survived through a massive round of expansion with the top two teams left. And you look at like your BYU's or even a Utah that you're adding in, or a UCF and an Arizona. It's like, oh, dude, we just got here, and now the SEC and the Big Ten want to create their
1: own NCAA scale of one to good. I'm going to go with no on this one. I'm going to lean towards bad, Uh, you know, me politically, I'm right in the middle, but I'll lean towards bad on this one. Um, And the thing that scared me the most, Drake, thank you for having me on the show, by the way, um, was that that $100 million kind of, I I don't know, line to get in, man. You must make this much money to ride the ride. Like, you know, this and most of the big 12 falls into this is that, that fluctuates year to year. So Baylor, TCU, Tech, but even Oklahoma State, Colorado, like they can't just bank on making yeah. 130 million bucks in revenue every year. I think TCU was on the high side last year cuz they made the national championship game in football. But like you you just you can't bank on that every year. So what what if it what if it changes? Like it goes from 100 to 110 and you made 107. Are you out? Or or even if you just fall below it. If you you are 106 one year and ninety-eight the next year, are you done? Are you out of this new NCAA subdivision that they that they pitched a few months ago? That's that's the thing that I don't understand. And obviously from a fan standpoint, like Nobody, no real fan wants this. Not yeah. even the ones that like are comfortably going to fall into that apron every like year. The pissy like the Michigan fans that are pompous right. about college football. Yeah. Yes. Michigan fans will say that Texas fans will say that, but yeah. do you actually want that? Like what, where's the way wh- I hate to be that guy, but like, where's the fun in that man? If you're just like, what, what, where's the luster go of playing Alabama man. when you're Michigan, but you play them every year, you know? Um, yeah, maybe that's we've just, also. Yeah. I like the banter, bro.
0: I mean, we've gotten different responses too from different from different commissioners. Like even Brett Yormark, there wasn't a lot of pushback when this was. This was a whole like press conference thing that he did with the NCAA president Charlie Baker, and Brett was like, "Yeah, we have complete trust in Charlie." You're Like, whoa, hey, Brett, a lot of them like just- it. Yeah, he was like, Greg Sankey was the one who was like, I wish he would have told me before he said it. I wish I would have known. But your mark is like, oh, we trust him to do his job. Like, Brett, Brett. Whoa, dude. No, this is like we are taking teams like Iowa State and saying you don't exist in Division One college football anymore. And what's more to me, Cam, is that here, here's the weeds to this. If you at home are like, ah, how do I bring this up with a water cooler and sound like a genius? A lot of these schools are on a use it or lose it. Whatever their athletic revenue is, mm-hmm. their typical expenses are gonna come close to matching that, if not exceed that. Because if we are, if we are at the point where we're in the negative, it shows that we need more money from the university. We need to do X, Y, and Z. We're not going to lose that money. So in order to keep that money in-house, a lot of times your expenses go up. What are those? Typically in a surplus, you'll upgrade a stadium, you'll upgrade the recruit lounge. Maybe you get a dollar or two extra in a contract to somebody. All of those things are to factor into this into that 110 million dollars as well and how teams use it. The problem is you're gonna have programs like Oklahoma State who say, ooh, we don't really have the luxury of wielding around let's build X new thing every year because of our athletic revenue surplus. Like that this is going you like watching Kansas State play Oklahoma State in a conference game? possibility of going to college football playoff. That's not going to happen again if the SEC and the Big Ten get their way.
1: No, it's not. And and the other thing that I think that a lot of the the commissioners or school presidents, athletic directors like is the the more like free use they have over some of that money. Like they don't with with this, all of the teams would, uh, if I'm not mistaken, would be able to. Not even really have NIL anymore rather than just having payrolls, like they can raise oh, they yeah. can raise the, the, can raise the yeah. money, however, uh, they can raise tuition and, and pay players and, and so there is I, I get that there's a luxury to that, and maybe that's just the inevitable death march of, of college athletics and specifically college football that we just have to think of it through that money lens. Um, but, you know, it still it still brings up the same issues for me. And, you know, college ain't getting any cheaper anyway. And this yeah. will just more push it towards that direction. Um, but thank you. I'm going to I'm going to sound smart at the water cooler tomorrow with Matt Mosley. And, uh,
0: yeah. And look, Friday's announcement per CBS clarified that the body will have no authority to act. The Big Ten and the SEC, no authority to act independently, independently will only serve as a consulting body. But what Greg Sankey said is there are which similar the cultural. Right. Like, exactly Greg what Greg Sankey was. The whole thing is there are similar cultural and social impacts on our student athletes and institutions between the Big Ten and the SEC saying, yeah, we make more money than everybody else. So we're just kind of going to try to figure out a way to the quote is like navigate the ever-changing world of college athletics, which really means we make more money. We want to keep making even more money than the more money. What yes. could we do together? And the prop, the main problem with this is as much as this isn't a legitimate council that can make real decisions. That's, that's the, how they pitched it. The, the the president, the one guy, the unit himself of the NCAA wants this He's touting this. And not only does it kill the Big 12, it kills the ACC. And to me, Cam, here's where I get ultimately worried. With Florida State, in, they're, like they're going to leave the ACC. With that happening, they're going to go to this elite realm of college football, meaning almost mm-hmm. every other ACC team, all the Big 12, just gets left behind. And then what do we do when we can't compete for a national championship? What happens to, what happens to TCU? They don't exist. Nobody cares. Right. They're as much as Tau what's was the last time you watched a Towson football game? Maybe it's not that dramatic, but they, they have Charlie one. Baker, once, yeah, they used to be good, once TCU
1: and the likes of the Big 12 to effectively beat FCS. And that that is the thing that really hits me as the fan. And I'll use Baylor and the TCU examples because they're two very similar schools and they, and they have the deck stacked against them. But again, it's a lot of the conference. Kansas State is a great example of, you know, we're not under the illusion that we're going to win national championships in football. In fact, I will probably never see Baylor win a national championship in no, football. No. It's just how it is. But There are some schools like the ones I just mentioned and like a lot of the Big 12 that still value a conference championship and being able to hang that banner and going to a a New Year's six bowl game because of it and having those days and those memories. And it's not just that you're taking out the national championship portion of this, because for very few of these teams that we're talking about, is that even a dream? but you're taking out the only thing they're actually really working towards that they actually can brag about that. They can actually have fun with and, and strive towards and really take a lot of pride in you're taking that out too. So it's, it's just football games for the sake of playing football games. Is what it's going to be for for the rest of these teams and outside of Charlie Baker's cabinet, basically, that is the Big Ten and the SEC. They can't make the laws, but they're going to advise him and push him towards whatever direction they want to go as a faux boots on the ground. But really, it's just it's just them. It's just what they want.
0: It's it, it's the money. The money is going to control the future of college athletics. That's the scary Dinero, part. Dinero, so, no bueno. Like what? And these conversations we're having again, you might be like, oh, that's super dour. There's no way that actually happens. That's the same thing the Pac-12 fans said two years ago was, yeah, these are just doom and gloom stuff like this is we are teeing you up for what they're not hiding it. They're not like they're not making these secret Uh, like like Texas and OU left in the middle of the night and we just heard about it one morning. This is not what this is going to be. Um, You know what that I am currently seeking out therapy because of this and because Big 12 basketball makes zero sense. This is locked on Big 12 part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team. It's every day. Well, hello. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is where I go when I need talent solutions. And you go like, what does that mean? Well, remember that one time that I got this job with the Savannah Bandanas and the Party Animals, and we're going to Tampa this week, thanks to LinkedIn Talent Solutions. And right now, small businesses rate LinkedIn Talent Solutions the number one way to find new hires. It's not just another job board; it's a vast network of a billion professionals. Makes it the best place to access the professionals that you can't find anywhere else. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, eighty-six percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within. 24 hours they know the small businesses are wearing a lot of hats so they want to give you the resources to hire and make it easy again they want to make the process easy two and a half million small businesses use linkedin for hiring post your job for free at linkedin.com locked on college linkedin.com locked on college to post your job for free keep in mind that terms and conditions do apply Uh, Nobody's counting. The points don't matter in Big 12 basketball. It's like everybody is just True. kind of around 500 enough for none of it to make a ton of sense. And the one pressing question we'll start with. like I want to get into how UCF just walloped Oklahoma and it looked a lot like the Kansas game where they're much more physical. Cincinnati goes on the road to beat Texas Tech. Question mark. Uh, the big one here for me, though, Houston and Kansas. Kansas mm. has the better starting five. I don't love Kansas bench. They didn't really need it to beat Houston. 78-65. No. neutral site. Who's the better team?
1: Houston. Oh, wow. I'm sticking with that, I, I've been I've been on the Cougs bandwagon a little bit. Um, but what's funny about Kansas, and it's look, it's no blowout by any means on the neutral court. Um, but what's interesting about Kansas is, even a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, you know, they don't have the best starting five, and they've really got a hole at that fifth starter spot. And Furphy stepped in, and he's been excellent. He's been player of the game a couple of times since then. And yep. so now it does it does shift the focus to they're not a deep team. Um, right. They're they're super talented in that in that top five, and they play a good brand of basketball. But I do wonder how much depth hurts them in the tournament, and how much it it hurts them it, or it hurts any team in the in the NCAA tournament overall. Yes, Drake, you have a question? Yeah, I do.
0: Uh, right here in the front, Drake Told. Yeah. party animals. I,
1: I think I've started to change my
0: mind to the idea that the team that wins March has the best starting five that they're just you by the time you get to the final four, you have enough rest you hit that second gear. And it's just this team like depth. If you have nine great guys, I think Baylor's seen this. You have nine great athletes. That doesn't matter. All you need is six or seven to win a national championship. The fact that Kansas has five that really scare me makes me still think they're the best team in the league.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, having the depth really just makes you feel better about your like, it's not ever going to hurt you, but yeah, yeah. it's not like to compare it to professional sports. And in this case, the NBA, I mean, if you don't have depth off the bench, like you you can't, you can't make that run. Um, but I, I would agree with you. and And we saw it with Baylor's national championship team. They had some good pieces off the bench, but I wouldn't say that was like a nine nine deep team Mm. um we it was a big deal when duke won it in 2015 when they just missed rashid Suleiman in the middle of the season it was like they only have eight rotational guys can they actually win with this and they made it a whole rally and cry eight is enough and everything and they they it was more than enough they won the national championship so yeah i don't i don't know if it's that big a deal it, it's it, it would more worry me as a kansas fan just in the conference schedule uh getting yeah. worn down a little bit but houston it it was one of those rare games that happens to really good teams where kansas kind of mentally beat them early on with mm-hmm. the, their hot shooting out of the gate It it just it kind of got houston out of their game a little bit and they really never got back in it i mean kansas kept him at arm's length the rest of the way it was actually really impressive uh that just didn't have the same kind of intensity on the defensive end that houston's used to having they weren't getting the hands in the passing lanes like they're used to having and we didn't have to go through the fog allen whistle
0: can we can we play a word association game really quick please uh i'm gonna give you two words you give me one just get the just get the drop button ready yeah sure jeff goodman
1: bad yeah yeah i i like clown funny back. man i was thinking not funny but that's two words so that I didn't is two it is two words and it's like, like just I don't- humorless that's better humorless like not a, I, not killing people that bad, but like, yeah, just humorless person, man. No, like no stalling comparisons. We're not, yeah, this not is not yet. Not yet. We're getting there though. I like
0: everything he does. I've, and I mean, I don't have beef with him personally. I mean, yeah, I've been around the guy a couple of times, like Baylor events and stuff. And just, I, we've never interacted because he's not that guy. Uh, and, and again, I, I go to Jeff Goodman's YouTube page. There's not a lot there. Like they're, they're man, they're pumping out like ten videos a day, and not a lot of folks are glued to that stuff. No. Uh, and I, I once again, like I watch 365 Sports, and I still watch the who are the guys that host that show that beat about us a while ago. Uh, what do they call it, the Monty Show? I think that's stuff. Look, dude, the. The, what uh, ten twelve network and Heartland Cup. Mm-hmm. like those dude, those dudes? Are, I don't like poo pooing on other people, but dude, like the Goodman stuff just drives me up a wall. And this this weekend proves it to me. It's like dude, like ah. Oh. Just watch, just watch basketball, just you Sucks. and your friends. Just watch the big 12 before you say that it's not that it's overrated or that it's not living up to expectation. And my examples would be like Cincinnati going to be beating Texas Tech or or UCF beating Oklahoma. And the whole reason that I think the big 12 is so good. Every team, Cameron, that is competitive in this league will spend some time in the top 25, sometime in the yes. top 10 and sometime just not ranked. That's the nature of this league.
1: And, and that's, I was actually funny you say this because wondering this at the end of last week, I was like, you know, I don't watch a lot of national college basketball coverage anymore. Like, is anyone talking about how like historically good this league is? No. And I think it just falls into the people's the mindset opposite, of, by the way, of, yeah. Oh, tech loss to Cincinnati. They're, they're not ranked or, you know, know, it, it, uh, Texas beat TCU. TCU is ranked. What are they doing losing to unranked Texas? They they lost a big game a few weeks ago. Whereas to your point, which is the better point of look how many teams get into the top 25 yeah. throughout yeah. the year. That that shows that it's not just frauds here. It is good teams beating other good teams like night in, night out. How many of these teams get in? How many of these teams receive votes? And then come you know a month and a half from now, how many are going to make the tournament? Because and there are going to be some good basketball teams in this conference that don't make the tournament, yeah. which is incredible. I mean, I can't go back more than fifteen years, really, with any kind of uh, expertise. But it's probably the best conference there's ever been. I'll just, like you know the- what, screw it. It's the best conference there's ever been. Like the the ACC is looking at three teams that Lenardi's
0: projecting to get in right now. The mighty ACC, the Big Ten has. The Big Ten, the Big 12 has
1: 10 teams in the net top 40. And I'll give you teams... this. I, I was watching, I watched a bit of Virginia Clemson the other day. Clemson, yeah. which spent some time in the top 25 this year. Virginia's eight and three in the ACC. The same record as Duke in the ACC. And I think the same amount of losses as Carolina in the ACC. Not ranked. Yeah. Haven't been the whole year. No and buzz around whatsoever. Too. Like that, yes, that's be, yes, it's a, a national jazz. championship yeah. team a few years ago. That that shows really the level of competition in the ACC because they're beating Clemson, they're beating Notre Dame, they're beating Virginia Tech and Pitt. And who the hell are these guys? Uh, that's fun, I think that's what I think what's damning. Fun
0: nugget for you that I I actually calculated today when I started college. Baylor was fifty games below five hundred all time. When I ended college, Baylor was 50 games above 500 all-time. That's, that's pretty, pretty good.
1: 100-game winning streak. That's, that's pretty good.
0: That's pretty good. Sure. Uh, eh. Ish. Um, coming up, Brett your mark is going to fire some people. This is Locked you On. Better, pick 12, man. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. I, I could quit all my jobs right now. I could quit all my jobs, right? Even locked on and just make money off FanDuel. It's like the best uh, uh, passive income possible. Because I go in like, oh, Quinnipiac is playing Siena. Your best bet. I'm going to bet on Quinnipiac. Or if you're not a maniac, you can bet on the Super Bowl at America's number one sports book. You go in. Patrick Mahomes over under 285 passing yards or whatever it is. And you can, bet, you can bet on Patrick Mahomes to do that. How fun is that? You can just go in there and say, Patrick Mahomes is going to have some passing yards and then FanDuel will give you money. That's what I do. So right now, which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? Super Bowl 58. FanDuel, you. $200 in bonus bets. Your first $5 bet wins at FanDuel.com. FanDuel.com. to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet wins. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Uh, Cam, I've heard from a lot of Baylor fans and the reason you're brought on the show today, mostly that not only was there the most egregious officiating performance of the year in the big 12, which I've been very passionate against. I think the officiating is unwatchable in the best conference in America, in the best conference of all time. And this time, Brett, Yormark got at a front row seat to see my grandma, like my grandma in the nursing home get thrown out of. a <laughs> That's what the equivalent of Scott Drew getting tossed is like, that just doesn't make any sense in my brain.
1: Yes. So Brett, Yormark was at the game. I will note that when things really got off the rails in the second half, Brett's seat was empty. So I don't know if he was still in the arena or not. How how convenient that is. But I'll I'll say this. I'll keep this. I'll keep this part short, Drake. Jeb Hartness, who was the crew crew chief, I guess, is what they would call it in football. uh, The lead official in last night's or Saturday night's game between Baylor and Iowa State, who crook who gave three texts to Scott drew and ejected him. Uh, first time he's ever been ejected in his career. Jeb Hartness. If he has a hundred haters, I'm one of them. Yeah. If he's got 10 haters, I'm one of them. If he has no haters, I'm dead. He killed you. He probably, he probably killed probably for stepping outside of the coach's box. This guy sucks. Sucks. I mean, I, I, You've seen you've seen the picture by now. You've seen the video by now. Scott Drew is out of the coach's box by like half of his one knee that's on the ground and gets tossed. Um, and then they call another technical on the Baylor bench right after that that still nobody knows what it was. Yep. No coach, no player, nobody around the bench at all knows what it was. Um, and that game had 45 fouls in it, not including the Tex, which is his low total of the week because in the game Wednesday between OU and Kansas State, he called 48. Yeah, So this this is just all that is wrong with officiating in this conference, man, and officiating in general because it's not just a Big 12 problem. It is a college basketball problem. This guy thinks that we – work hard all week, pay good money to get in the brand new foster pavilion to see the Jeb Hartness show. And this was not enforcing the integrity of the game at all. This was, I want to be the guy who throws Scott drew out of a game and it's atrocious. I mean, that wasn't the only thing it was, it was, His poor officiating the whole night, the whole night. And I'm never a blame the ref kind of guy. Iowa State goes on a 20 to nothing run in that game, which still can't happen. Right. Yeah. But when it was 10, nothing, the first eight point or eight points of the first 10 in that run came from the free throw line. Six of them directly from that ejection. Like it kept Iowa State in the game. It absolutely did. And by the way, when Iowa State hits that buzzer beater, that is not a buzzer beater if you've heard the broadcast before that, they were kind of like guessing how much time did you hear that? Yeah. There's like uh 0. 0.7, right? Plus, um I don't know, half a second. That's 1.2. If they just guess 1.3 or 1.4, Baylor loses the game on that. Yeah. Like that, it, it, it just nothing but suck all the way around that it takes away from the best conference ever. It sucks, man. Jeb um, hardness. I am a hater. I think the best part of the whole
0: yeah. thing was Mac Rhodes. Yeah. Coming to the podium after the game and being like, I'm not that guy. I've never done this. By the way, when I was at Baylor and covering Baylor, Mac and I were at odds a few times. We didn't get along about everything. Like reporters and ADs don't always get along. Uh, some of them hug. Sometimes they hug. Other times they have very normal working relationships. And <laughs> this I'll give Mac credit for this one because it comes to the podiums like. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> I just love it. What even the coach? Because Scott's just that nice. The one guy who deserved to say it was Scott Drew, but he is my grandmother. Yeah. Mac Rowland's like, you know what? I'll take it. Doesn't sit down. He's standing up in the room, like conducting spectacular.
1: Scott Drew is literally, he literally said, uh, we'll review the tape to see what I did wrong, knowing full well he did nothing wrong. Yeah. And you and I know Mac enough to know that Mac is a feisty guy. Yes. Like, for the image that Baylor puts out, um, by the way, ba- Baylor Athletics YouTube didn't even include this in there. That that's the kind of image like so the image word, they're trying yeah, to put out. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, but Mac is not that way, which is so funny. And he I think he was reveling in this moment. Like he he was peeved the whole time. And I mean, you he said it flat out. He just said that was an embarrassment we're supposed to be the best league in America. And the officials did not show that we have some good officials in this league. These are not them. Like he's soap. And, and, and we've heard, we've heard stories about phone calls that Mac Rhodes has had um, where the volume gets pretty high. Yeah. I think he called the league offices yesterday and Irving or wherever they are. And I think that was a bit of a one-way discussion and it probably, probably was pretty loud.
0: Yes. We have heard of loud conversations he's had with those within his office, much less yes. those that he can have a vendetta against that. He doesn't have to see every day. Um, Finally, you know, this is the same thing I've been saying. It's so bad and somebody needs to address it. It's terrible. I got so much- and it
1: can happen to you next. Forty eight sure. fouls in that last game he did. Can I finish that point actually real yeah. quick? Because I do have the numbers here. I I did some research on uh on Jeb Hartness because forty-eight fouls in that OU Kansas State game in midweek. Okay. OU's game on Saturday had thirty-seven total. And which is still kind of high Kansas state's game against Oklahoma state on Saturday had 29 total fouls, 19 less than what Jeb Hartness called them in that game. I mean, it can, it it happened to Baylor in the worst way, almost literally cost them the game. They took their hall of fame head coach out with 11 minutes left, but it can happen to any one of us. And it will, as long as he's allowed to do games, he is the poster child of the bad officiating in this league. Thanks for your service, Kip. Bring up Jeb Artness. That's the thing, man. Kip and John are sitting back oh. cigars.
0: John Higgins Johnny, and Kip yeah. Kissinger. Are, they're having a great life. They're in Cancun right now. Just, just toasting living, this, it Lo- living it up. Living it up. That's Cameron Stewart from Locked on Baylor. I'm glad. That I just got so much flack for, for me being peeved up. Big 12 officials. People are like, oh, yeah, well, stop complaining. It's bad everywhere. No, this is colossally awful. And terrible. finally, one of our own athletic directors in this conference said the same thing in a press conference. After they u- went
1: after our Mr. Rogers. Like, no yeah. matter, nobody has bad words to say. Actually, Iowa State fans weirdly do. But no other fan base has bad things to say about Scott Drew. And first time he's been ejected in 21 years. I had, in the locked on Baylor mentions, man, I had Kansas fans. I had OU fans, Oklahoma State fans, Tech fans. Like, what the hell is happening? So, it could be any one of us next, man. Any yep, one of
0: us. could be you. Um, and then the school was Possibly too. you. The school was too soft to even post the clip from Mac Rhodes as if it doesn't already exist on the internet. Like, uh, dude, just that is mind-boggling. That's
1: Cameron Stewart from Locked On Baylor. This is standing up for the players. Like, I, I don't get it. Anyway.
0: Hey, can we just cut that part out of the press conference, please? It might might have a bad look.
1: It's already all over Twitter. standing up for us. It is
0: your athletic director. You're cutting your own AD out of your press conference. (laughs) Mr. Person who makes a fourth of the AD salary less. Gross. Um, This has been and always will be. Come back tomorrow because I'm going to have so much content and can't miss too. A lot. Lots on. Thanks for making your first listen every single day. Baylor! No sé grande!